You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. One of Us is a podcast and video network funded all but entirely by donations and subscriptions. We do accept pitches for audio-based or banner ads, but on a case-by-case basis. If you are interested in that, contact us at oneofusnet at gmail.com. With the amount of audio and video content we generate, it is expensive and extremely time-consuming to keep things running. Please go to the webpage oneofus.net and sign up for a subscription at 2 5 10 or $25 and get a ton of bonus content. One of us needs and appreciates all your support. Welcome to the Redneck Riviera. It's not Vegas, it's not even Atlantic City, but it is no less ripe with gangster crime. After a money laundering scheme for a Mexican drug cartel goes wrong, financial advisor Marty Bird proposes to make amends by offering to set up a bigger laundering operation in the lake of the Ozarks region of central Missouri. Marty suddenly moves his wife, Wendy, played by Laura Linney, in her Laura Linneyest role ever, <laughs> daughter Charlotte played by Sophia Hublitz, and son Jonah, played by Skylar Gaetner, from the Chicago suburbs to the remote summer resort community of Osage Beach, Missouri. When the birds arrive in Missouri, they become entangled with local criminals, including the Langmores, the Snell family, the Kansas City Mafia, the lords of the Mexican crime cartels, and we've reached the end of this four-season trip down this man-made lake system. The final 14 episodes focus heavily on the wheeling and dealing of Marty and Wendy, trying, as they always are, to schmooze their way out of being brutally murdered by the cartel. But the season's final moments are all about Ruth Langmore, played by the incredible Julie Garner, one of the show's best characters with one of the most gloriously foul mouths in TV history, and the repercussions of their dealings with new psychopath Javi Navarro's nephew, and generally psychopathic drug dealer. One bump in the road after another brings this series to a conclusion, and we're here to discuss the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Ozarks. I am TC DeWitt of the Screener Squad, and I am joined by Wright. Hello. <laughs> Drew. Hello. And Melina. Well, how to do. That's how people in the Ozarks <laughs> talk, right? <laughs> I was wondering if anyone was going to attempt the Missouri accent. There we go. Squad, thank you for joining me with this talk of crime and punishment, and of course, the math of Marty Bird. What I'd like to do right here is up front give our general thoughts of the series as a whole, offer our recommendations or condemnations, and then move into a no-holds-bar discussion of the series, spoilers and all. So, how did we feel about Ozark Season 4 or Ozark as a whole? I have been watching the show, obviously, right when it aired, because i just been a big fan of Jason Bateman and the fact he got to lead a Breaking Bad-esque story and got to direct it and he's going to give it his all like this is going to be his baby so I got really interested in him from day one and it does not hold back anything like this is a pretty brutal show and really interesting characters because you can argue that this is I guess how Breaking Bad begins where it's just a chemistry teacher and you learn a little bit more about his background but same thing with him he's just an accountant it gets wrapped up in this whole money laundering scheme. But I think all like, the extra characters become even more richer, especially Julie Gardner's uh, Ruth Langmore, who is really yes. it's like Laura Linney and her are just like just stealing every scene that they can possibly be in. And then getting into this season, there's some pretty brutal things that happen in the end of season three and then going into this and the cliffhanger that it has halfway through this season, 
you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Because <laughs> yeah. you're still so invested in these characters. And that's what I think that in the end, it's very well written. I don't think it's the best edited show in the world, but I think it's extremely well written. This is actually a show that when I saw that there was an opening for this to review, I had gotten through at that point only the first two seasons. And I was like, you know what? I really like this show. I will go ahead and I will see if I can catch up. Sure enough, I ended up binging season three within a day and a half. And then when season four came out, I binged it in a night. Wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's sweet dreams. And thank you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And thank you, right, for getting the Breaking Bad comparisons out of the way, because I know that the internet is fraught with them. Upon getting to season four, I thought, yeah, it has such an identity of its own. The characters have evolved in such a unique way. I guess to compare it to Breaking Bad is unavoidable. You're watching people who are in most ways despicable, but you just cannot pull yourself away from wondering how the hell are they going to get out of this never-ending maze of a way out of the situation they're in. And it captivates you from the very beginning, and it doesn't ever let you go. So even with the minor complaints here and there I may have with editing or maybe some character arcs not feeling as whole and wrapped up as I felt they should have been, mm -hmm. this is easily one of the most bingeable shows of all time and one that keeps you hooked right up until the end. You get whiplash by the end. Wear seatbelts. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'd forgotten that's how it opened until it finally came back to that moment. I was like, oh! Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this, this whole series is kind of telling us to not be uh, too good at your job. Yeah. <laughs> Marty is brilliant, but he could have kind of flown under the radar. But Del Rio, Isan Morales' character, comes in in the first season and says, you know, look at my books. Are they cooked? And that puts him on a path to ruin or success, depending on how you look at the show. Mm -hmm. From the pilot, from the end of the first episode of the first season, where there's a gun to Marty's head and nobody, you know, no average person would have gotten out of that situation alive. And Marty yeah. just started riffing. The power of mathematics and statistics saved his life. <laughs> yeah. It's, so this entire show has just been one mousetrap that they're getting out of um, after another. And I think over the course of four seasons, that might have gotten a little tiring. I think there's a little too many table talks and I think a little too much of politics that kind of get thrown into Spoilers. it. Spoilers. <laughs> there's an interesting thing that happens time and again, and it's the American obsession with crime stories. We got something like The Godfather. We go to the modern Scarface, Sopranos, Breaking Bad. There is this deep, loving fascination with crime stories like this that aren't exactly rise and falls, but more like tripping yourself into that world, falling down that hole and trying to dig your way out of it one step at a time. And this show as a whole, I feel, handled it so much better than, say, something like Sons of Anarchy, yeah. which just got stupid and ridiculous and reached a point where it's like, just end this. I'm watching that of obligation. The successor of Breaking Bad feels like this. Better Call Saul is an entity unto itself, and yeah. I can go on and on about that, but specifically talking here about Ozark, there's some cinema happening in this show from the performances. Laura Linney, I mean, come on. She's an Academy Award nominated actress here. <laughs> Jason Bateman is turning in one of his finest performances of his career. The cinematography of this is amazing. Oh the sound design in this is incredible. It's cinema quality. It's It did what Breaking Bad did in terms of elevating what could just be a standard crime story to a very interesting and special place, I think. They cared about the characters, which you don't get to see with 
too many shows that are going like, let's talk about this crazy part of uh, America or something like that. And with that voice. <laughs> and with this is that they're taking seemingly normal people and putting them in a situation. It's almost like a situational thriller where they're thrown in a situation and see like what they're made of. Situational thriller. That's beautifully put. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> but what's great is that you truly understand who they are. Definitely by the end of the show, mm-hmm. especially out of any character, I would say Laura Lenny the most, just understanding why she is the way that she is. Like I get it. She's a terrible person. In a lot of ways. I mean, they're all terrible, but I completely understand and I empathize, and that's the greatest thing about this show, along with a show like Breaking Bad, is you understand why each of the characters are where they are at that moment. It's perfectly articulated in Breaking Bad in the last episode where, you know, why did you do it? Don't say family. It's like, because I liked it. I was good at it. And the thing is, you kind of get it from them. Yeah, they're good at this. They know what they're fucking doing. But on the flip side of that, this feels like it's motivated by family. From the get-go, everything Marty is doing, everything Wendy ends up doing, even what Jonah and Charlotte go through, there is Mm -hmm. a family bond here that isn't as twisted as something, say, like Bloodlines, which was another Netflix crime family story that fell off the rails by the end of it. This feels in the vein of something like The Godfather, which is all about familial ties. They're surrounded by these rednecks who are also obsessed with loyalty and their families. Ruth Langmore is such a compelling character. Oh. Her relationship with Marty, to me, felt very reminiscent of Don Draper and Peggy from Mad Men, where it's this mentor-apprentice relationship that comes to a level of respect and understanding and hatred over the course of these series, more so than ever in this final season where Ruth rises to almost becoming a queen pin in her own right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a tale of two families, but it's not the Navarros versus the birds. It's kind of the birds versus the Langmores in a way, or at least they have parallels together. They kind of both end up Mm -hmm. victims of circumstance. I mean, one is poverty and crime, and the other one is getting mixed up in crime, but they all kind of end up in the same place. And what, what I loved about how the season progressed is that the Navarros wanted to be legitimate, just like the birds did. So I saw that parallel there. But it was really the Langmores that, towards the end, that kind of became more pure in in a strange way. And, of course, a lot of murders help that. (laughs) And I'll piggyback off what all of you have said. If I may compare this to Godfather 3 in a way that's favorable, I always think of the most famous line from Godfather 3, just when I'm out, they pull me back in. And what I always loved about this series from the get-go was that it's very quick into this show where you find out the birds are not who we're led to believe that they are. They're kind of ruthless and pretty much out for themselves from the very beginning. Imagine if you took that line, I want to be out, but they keep pulling me back, What if you twisted that to where here's so many opportunities for you to get out, but you just can't help yourself? At this point, you're in because you want to be, and you just don't want to be honest about that. If anybody really got into this with a pure motivation where family actually was the prime motivator, it was Ruth Langmore. She got into this simply because she felt she had to. She wanted to protect her cousin. She wanted to protect her family and herself. Mm -hmm. The birds, it's like from the beginning, I'm like, are you really in this for your family? Or are you just kind of using the fact that you're a family unit as a crutch to where now you are all in this whether you like it or not? And there's no way out. There's a line of dialogue that I think rings incredibly true for the series as a whole, which is, you're not the Kennedys. You're not the Cokes. Aren't they? (laughs) Yeah. I think that's the journey we're seeing happening here, which leaves us wondering, 
walking away from the series. Are they or aren't they? And it's really an American crime story without being in New York City, without being in Chicago, without being in Los Angeles. It's just right in the middle of middle America, no less messed up, if not more so. Yeah, I don't want to move there. <laughs> I kind of do, actually. After watching the series, it looks kind of nice. So much heroin and meth is going to be great. <laughs> I would not want to cross paths with Darlene. Good Lord, no. Just like crossing the wrong woman at the wrong time and she just blowing the balls off. Remember when Jacob's like in the middle of the road and like, I think it's maybe season two when he just is standing there when Marty drives up and it's like, oh, can I help you? Yeah, I, I would not want to run into no. Jacob's now <laughs> on the road. Well, let's take some final moments here to just talk about is this something you recommend? Is it not? Because I'd love to get into some very specifics about season four, but I don't want to spoil this series. So I'll just say, if you like crime stuff, if you like drama that dissects character, like Mad Men, like Breaking Bad, like The Sopranos, this is an excellent series for that. There are some really, really compelling characters in this and the journeys they go on. If you're hooked by the pilot, you're going to see this all the way through the end. Even though it will lull from time to time, mostly because of the FBI subplots, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Even when it lulls, yeah. you're in it for the long haul because of how goddamn good Jason Bateman and Laura Linney are and Julie Gardner. So I definitely recommend this series. Hell yes, go for it. Yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, this is right up my alley. These kind of stories and these kind of characters, like fleshing them out and more or less... Uh, the bastardization of the American dream and how it's very cynical with the idea that a white affluent family is the one that gets away with all of this, where like the Mexican drug cartel and like the white impoverished family is not going to get away with anything. And everyone is just getting shit on and bad, terrible things happen and they get away with it. And like, he <laughs> is like the Koch brothers. It really just shines a light on like, wow, if <laughs> uh, white people have all the power still and it's uh it's fucking crazy and the things that they go through and the things that they talk themselves out of. Like, I do sales for a living, and I'm just like, good Christ almighty. I don't know how this happens. <laughs> if you're in for something that is very much character-driven, just the way that it's shot is so beautifully done. Like, Jason Bateman is a fantastic director, and I wish he would make, like, well, thrillers, uh, like, films. And, like, why the hell not? Like, he, the way that he shoots things and the way that he, like, directs people, like, he, I, he could definitely be like a Jeremy Solner, the guy who did like Green Room and yeah. Blue Ruin. Those like yeah. the, the colors that he uses, it's just fan fantastic. There's a couple of things that I still deal with uh, with like some of the editing, and I think Melina, you actually talked about it, where like kind of wrap up things oddly enough to where they're just like, it's it's almost like convenience sake. Just like well, we, we just gotta get moving along, and I'm just like, Wait, what? How? Really? Okay, mm -hmm. but you kind of forgive it, and because you just want to see someone's brain's getting blown out so <laughs> so you're like let's just see what the hell happens do you want to see that? that's what it's all about come on some characters some but I, I would highly recommend this this is great i think it's pretty clear at this point that we would all highly recommend this especially to people who really can handle some very bloody some very cynical and some kind of sadly reflective truths <laughs> about the world that we live in. And if the idea of evil winning the day is a message that you can handle, then this is, I think, absolutely something you have to add to your watch list. Jason Bateman is a fantastic actor. He's, I think, an even better director. Uh, Julie Garner and Laura Linney, they spend this entire series, especially this season, just in a constant boxing match of who can outact the other one. <laughs> I don't think there's a weak performance or a weak link 
to the actors that they bring in here. Every character as fucked up and just disturbed and out of their mind as, as they mostly are, you're just so glued to it. You can't turn your head away from them. I know for a fact that I'm going to go back and watch this whole thing again. There's so many people who I want to invite over so that I can show it to them and just watch their reaction <laughs> as everything goes down. So yeah, absolutely well worth your time. I totally agree, but I think, you know, when you talk about good versus evil or, you know, white privilege and things like that, you know, I think this show is really about hard work. Wendy and Marty, every single episode of this, it's like, let's say there is, like, each episode is a couple of days, right? Or two or three days. Mm -hmm. They have 20 different missiles coming at them constantly, and they figure it out. And they have a glass of wine maybe at the end of the night. And, and it's not just them, but everybody is working really hard. Ruth is working very hard all the time. When I really look back at this show, I look at the effort that all the characters are putting in day in and day out, and it's frankly inspiring. And I think that's what sets this show apart from other crime stories and other, other shows. Everybody in this show is working their ass off all the time and trying to figure out how to survive. It's very well observed. Jonah, yeah, Ma the agent Maya, the, right. the yeah. agent Navarro. You're absolutely you are very well observed there, sir. Yeah, Jonah is constantly working. He could probably go into finance himself or crypto or whatever he, he wants to get into. Or Jonah's going to be fine. He's going to buy some NFTs. He's going to be good. <laughs> but, uh, Kid's going to buy Twitter one day. That dude's brilliant. Yeah. So see, it was Charlotte. They're learning. I mean, they for for better or worse, they are learning from their parents and they're learning hard work. I like the series because of that. It actually, like, oddly inspires me to kick some more ass in life and, and hopefully not kill anybody in the process. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, I want to take a couple minutes here, brevity being the source of wit and all that. We want to keep it a little tight. I do want to just take a moment here to just take the restraints off and t discuss any spoilers we'd like for season four. Keeping it pithy here. So you've been warned, you've heard our recommendations. If you're listening to this and you haven't checked out season four, please go do so. Because I'd just like to have a brief conversation with my friends here about some of the most shocking moments in this season and walking away how we feel overall. So spoilers from this point on as we wrap up our final thoughts here. This ending ends with that sentence. You're not the Kennedys and you're not the Cokes. And then the screen goes black, you hear a gunshot, and then you're left sitting there going... You're going to end on a blackout? Wait a minute. Holy shit. They are the Kennedys and the Cokes. Yeah. yeah. Like, I was not pleased immediately by how this series wrapped up, but once yeah. I could sit, listen to that final score play out, let the screen go to black, and sit there with my thoughts, god damn, what a journey. They're going to win. Yeah. This is a family that worked their asses off, Drew. You are right. Everyone in this show worked yeah. their asses off. And as much as it sucks to say... They're going to win. This is freaking oh, yeah. Wendy's going to be mayor or senator or something. President, maybe. I think the lines that sum this series up so perfectly is when the detective who tracked them down has gotten the evidence that is all he needs mm -hmm. to get them off of the pedestal that they've worked to put themselves on. He says to them, the world doesn't work like that. You don't get to win. And Wendy, my God, God bless her. She just, without blinking, she just says, since, since when? when? Exactly. And you're like, there's the ugly truth. And right at that moment, I, I said, oh, fuck, they're walking away. Yeah. Somehow, oh, totally. they're walking away. And then five seconds later, here comes Jonah. Chick-chuck. Chick -chuck. <laughs> <laughs> 
with the sister coming in. I don't even remember her name, honestly. Like, you know, Arm- Omar's uh, sister. Sister, right. She's Lady Navarro. Right. But when you bring in a new character like that, and then also with Claire Shaw, the pharmaceutical counterpoint that's legitimized them a little bit more, and Ruth mm-hmm. uh, ends up shooting Javi, like in the office. Did not think she was going to do it. I didn't think she was going to do it. We either. got two fantasy sequences. I love that. We got two God, fantasy sequences. So when she came in, I went, oh my God, she did it. Oh my God, she did it. Yeah. yeah. And has a director and a writer, TC. That's great. Isn't that yes. smart? To, to, to show, the, show the fantasy and then show the reality I of it. I love yeah. being surprised by it. My, my only point is just that having having like kind of new characters come in and fundamentally change the course of the show and and affect characters that we've been with for the entire season like Ruth yeah that didn't sit well with me and the kind of reveal at the casino and I understand Claire was scared and and being threatened but to kind of spill the beans and then yeah. on Ruth's death oh multiple you know, spoilers here now <laughs> good <Yeah>. lord <laughs> well, this is spoilers right with with Ruth I, you know I, I I was a little disappointed that, that that was the way she went out I don't I don't think she deserved that yeah that character didn't deserve that kind of death I think in the end and well I don't think they deserved it either but that doesn't mean that I don't think it was natural that they went that yeah. way with it. Sure. Yeah, I was like, the ending that a character gets may may not be the one that they deserve, especially if it's what they don't deserve. That's what I think makes it so effective and so tragic. It, almost a Shakespearean way, you're like, yep, the person who, I guess, in the parameters of these characters, you could argue is the most pure and sympathetic. It's almost par for the course that they're not going to make it out alive because there's always somebody worse and far more immoral than them who's going to come in and take them out. Yeah. Her reaction to Wyatt's death was pretty incredible. His death oh. got me hard. Oh, that was really, God really difficult. Damn. Yeah. And, and that one worked for me, like how random it was. Yes. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was really good. Mm-hmm. That worked. That's why it hit me so hard when it happened. I just was like, no, no, no. Sorry you're here, whoever you are. Yes. You know, God yeah. Exactly. I, I do appreciate Ruth's last line in the show. She went out like fucking Stringer Bell. In the wire. She's like, what the fuck are you waiting for? I thought she had signed her death warrant the moment that she shot Javi. Oh, yeah. The, with the way that they're trying to convince her, you know, don't do this. You don't have to become this. Yeah. But at that point, she just didn't care. She got ruled out by her own emotion. And what saved the birds is that they never let that happen. Mm-hmm. Even the people they love, they're like, if I have to kill you, I will. And Marty didn't want to. He brought her into his family. He loved her like a family member for so long. But in the end... He had to make the decision for his daughter, his son, his wife, and had to let that go. And you could see how difficult that was for him. Yeah, The math Mm -hmm. couldn't play out. He couldn't mathematically figure out how to save Ruth and his family. What the show does to you, and it does really well through the writing again, and the characters were like, well, he's going to figure out a way. Yeah. And he knows the writing on the wall for Ruth. He's like, oh, he's going to figure out a way. And he's like, come on. Where, where's Marty? Is he not, wait, he's not showing up? And like, it was very shocking. It was like, oh my God, I can't believe they're fucking doing this. And Drew, actually, in terms of your complaints towards the ending, I did get a sense that this felt a little rushed. It's like watching this amazing chess game Mm -hmm. and seeing how well they've put the pieces in place. And then right when you get to the checkmate, they start fast forwarding. Yeah. A little bit. And you're like, oh. A little bit tired. Yeah. It's a little too quickly in some regards. Yeah. It's a little inevitable. I mean, they had had a finite amount of episodes, but it's nice that they got the the 14 or whatever it is for for this. But yeah, Yeah. I think the last couple seemed to wrap up pretty quick. But Hey, um, they had to finish their show before Netflix canceled them. (laughs) (laughs) I, I didn't need to see like Ruth on an island or like, you know, somewhere but uh I, I thought like okay like she's got her clean record now she's kind of running the casino and then this episode the, the finale kind of brought it back in with the laundering and 
That's tough again, but um, so she, yeah, she got pulled back in. Yeah, there was a couple of things that came full circle that surprised me, such as bringing Rachel all the way back from season one. I was not expecting. Oh to yeah, I really liked that too. They, they did it before. I mean, you know, the, the FBI agent coming back and like when she was strung out or whatever. Yep. So it, that the kind of was a mirrored that this vicious cycle. Ugh. Did you guys feel like any character maybe should have gotten more of an arc than? They ultimately gave them Charlotte. Mm. I knew someone was going to say Charlotte. She annoyed me so much with her teenageisms and teenage angst at the front end that I was glad they pulled back with her. But she really came into her own in this last season in the small ways of speaking to I can't remember her name, the lawyer's daughter. The, yeah, 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 the cartel lawyer's daughter. Yeah. I, I think they, they could have given her that character more chances to be mirroring Wendy a little bit more because mm. Jonah is just like a standout character being an, an avatar for Marty whenever he's not on screen. But then with Charlotte, anytime, like I think, I think she got like kind of curtailed a little bit in this last half of this season. And like, they try to put in some sympathy cards. It's just like, she actually did care about, uh, uh what's his face? The, the cousin who died. Uh, Wyatt, Wyatt. Yeah. I, I kind of forgot myself. I was like, Oh yeah, she did kind of like him. And, uh, <laughs> and so I just don't think like that character got, everything she really needed as a character but like jonah wendy and marty and ruth was like perfect there was a moment where she is talking to the daughter of the cartel lawyer and i thought that that was a very very great moment for her to where the moment she starts talking you're like oh she has become a little wendy Mm -hmm. you know everything she says is so it's so shrouded in pleasantries and this false sense of comfort, but underneath it, it's completely threatening. And then I feel like that was where her character peaked, and then by the end of it, they had reverted to her running off to her room in a snit every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Charles could be fine. David Lynch is going to cast her as like a young Laura Dern. There you go. <laughs> she kind of, yeah. <laughs> With the end of this series, I'm going to miss these characters. I probably will return to this, maybe not right away, but I think I will come back to this series, if only to watch some of the master class craftsmanship of specifically Jason Bateman's directing. Much like Bill Hader has his baby in Barry, Mm -hmm. you can see how much this show meant to everyone involved, but very much so Jason Bateman. And I'm going to miss this series. I think it was really well written. It's really well produced. It's very well acted. And yeah, we've made some really keen observations here that have made me appreciate the show even that much more. So I will give my final rating here that this is a great, great series, as I've already praised it. And I'm giving it 9 out of 10 riverboat casinos protected by maritime law. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again, I, I love the whole series. It's it's really fun and interesting. And uh, I'll, I'll give it, in the end, 9 out of 10 times I could take Laura Linney saying to anyone, suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> I, if I may give two ratings here, I think it's wonderful. I think it's brilliantly acted, brilliantly written, brilliantly directed. Amazing score. Like, oh. almost like a David Fincher-esque score at times. Yeah. The problems I have with it as a whole, I would condemn them all as nitpicks that barely regard mention. And one that, yeah, I can't wait to go back and revisit. Because I watched this whole thing in such a binge fest that I'm like, I kind of feel like I owe it to go back and maybe extrapolate a bit more. So I'm going to give the series as a whole 9 out of 10 scenes of Charlotte taking off to her room, if I may repeat myself. (laughs) This season, I did have a little problem with how rushed I thought that ending was. It felt more like a show that had been canceled and knew it and just had to wrap everything up rather than actually having an organic feeling to that. But... Even so, I'm like, I have no problem with what they ultimately ended up doing. So I am going to give 
the fourth season, eight and a half bold strategies that I really hope pay off for him, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, I can't top that. Well, I mean, I think it's nine out of ten, too, but maybe, okay, I guess nine out of ten rigged docks that you, hopefully you don't get electrocuted on. Oof. Ooh, callback. Uh, kills in the series. Callback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was probably the worst still. But I also just, just remember to just raise your glasses for the Langmores, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. to don't cheer for the birds. I think... All, all the Langmores really, really need your um, your sympathy at the cemetery uh, coming up, and, uh, yeah. and and the birds need your uh, donations. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me one thing that I can hold on to. To believe in this living is just a hard way to go. To believe in this living. It's just a hard way to go. Thank you.